Chapter One of Sir Titus Salt, Baronet: His Life and Its Lessons. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Sir Titus Salt, Baronet: His Life and Its Lessons by Robert Balgarney we begin with the dedication preface introduction and chapter one dedication to the dowager lady salt of crow nest this memoir of him with whom her own life was united forty-seven years is respectfully dedicated as a humble offering of affection both to the living and the dead by the author preface this work has been written during the summer season and amid the pressing duties that a large seaside congregation entails we are fully aware of its many imperfections but such as it is we send it forth it has been throughout a labor of love which we have gladly performed in memory of one whose long friendship has been to us both an honor and a privilege though the lack of material especially in connection with his earlier years has rendered our task more difficult than we anticipated yet we have done our best if the record of such a life shall furnish the reader with an example worthy of imitation if it shall stimulate him to lofty purpose above all if it shall induce him to regulate his course by christian principles and to seek those things which are above the highest desires of the writer will be attained scarborough november eighteen seventy seven chapter one introductory friend of the suffering helper of the weak poor words are all that now we can afford unless where tears of deeper homage speak or silent reverence hails the worth supreme which may thy life one good diffusing beam a w chapter one introductory wherefore i praise the dead which are already dead more than the living which are yet alive ecclesiastes when the grave closed over the honored remains of sir titus salt and his name and virtues were on many lips a wish was expressed that a biography of him should be written from the various sketches that had appeared in the london and provincial press as well as from local publications that had been widely circulated the more remarkable facts of his history were already known but it was naturally supposed that a public man like sir titus whose name was a household word in the neighborhood where he lived whose fame had spread far and wide whose commercial and philanthropic enterprises were preeminent must have many other incidents in his life which some biographer would bring to light and which the public would be eager to know who the biographer should be was a question the present writer would have answered by selecting an author well known to the public but it had not once entered into his mind that to a hand so unskilled as his would be confided the work the responsibility of the selection therefore rests not with himself but with the publishers who thought that a short memoir of sir titus salt should be prepared which might be useful to place in the hands of young men it is in compliance with their request that this memoir is written 
and expressly with the object in view thus indicated to stimulate young men at the outset of their career by such a rare example of sterling principle of indomitable perseverance of resolute will of thoughtful and patient toil that led up to fortune and honour for as we shall afterwards see it was not from any adventitious circumstance of birth or affluence not from good luck or the patronage of others that sir titus rose to greatness no the resources were within himself the forces were innate and a hand higher than his own developed and directed them it was surely the consciousness of this that led him to inscribe on his coat of arms the words quid non del Yovante what not by the help of god would that every young man might adopt such a motto at the very beginning of his career for it is but the substance of words in the old book in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths the blessing of the lord it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it in perusing this memoir it is possible the reader may be disappointed with the lack of striking incidents therein for this the writer cannot be held accountable except for the things sir titus did there is very little material for a biography to be found most biographies are made interesting by records of conversations and extracts from letters and speeches but in this case such materials are scanty his words were always few often painfully few his power of conversation was so small that among strangers he often sat as the silent man this arose not from lack of sympathy with the subject or of thought in connection with it but from a constitutional reserve and nervousness which he could not help it was only in the quiet of his home and in the presence of intimate friends that his views and feelings found utterance as for his letters they were also few and brief and except on rare occasions were written by another hand not that his diction and penmanship were in any way defective on the contrary they were of a superior kind terse pointed and legible but he had no liking for the pen it seemed too small an instrument for his large and practical mind to express itself by his speeches delivered on two or three public occasions are preserved and will be reproduced in these pages but they only half conceal and half reveal the soul of the speaker his library was large and well selected but his knowledge of books was limited and the range of his reading confined to religious publications and the daily press it will be evident therefore that the usual materials for a biography are in this case unobtainable his deeds alone are his memoranda other men live in the books they wrote or the words they spake but he lives alone in what he did and just as books have to be studied to know the mind of the author so his deeds have to be studied likewise to know the principles and motives that gave them birth like a strong oak he silently grew into the large space he filled in the eye of the world and was apparently unconscious of the greatness that gathered around his name perhaps when he lived those who were nearest saw not that greatness but now that the oak is laid low and the vacant space is left and the great cable roots that moored him to the soil are bare not till now are his girth and proportions known 
what then it may be asked are the available sources from which the materials of this memoir are to be drawn in the first place we hereby acknowledge our obligations to the writers of various sketches in journals and newspapers also to the interesting little work entitled saltaire and its founder these sketches though necessarily fragmentary have suggested the lines on which this biography is constructed and given directions to our own researches we have corresponded and conversed with persons who were the contemporaries of his commercial life who were associated with him in municipal and parliamentary affairs who were his counsellors and almoners in his philanthropic and religious projects we have personally visited the scenes of his early days both at morley and wakefield and have gleaned from the failing memories of old people the only incidents they can recall but chiefly have we drawn from our own personal knowledge of the late baronet which an intimate and unbroken friendship of many years supplies these are the materials which we attempt to weave into the fabric of a memoir there may be little skill displayed in preparing the loom or arranging the threads but the hand of affection guides the shuttle End of chapter one